Good evening and good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for another edition of The Divination Table with your host, Michael Lennon. Tonight's guest comes to us from that beautiful, sunny Florida. He's a spiritual worker, diviner, maker of awesome spiritual oils, powders, and chicken foot charms, and the owner of Raven's Alley. He's a root worker, oracle card reader, ceremonial magician, Celtic folk magician, as well as a master mason offering spiritual guidance for those in need. Let me bring on our special guest, Atakit Swift. Hello and welcome. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Nassalam alaikum. Ibn Nisiyon, how are you? Nisiyon, alaikum wasalam. How are you? I am absolutely wonderful, brother. Absolutely wonderful. I am so happy to hear you and see you here today. You know, I've been waiting to get you on. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking about um, how we first met online. You know, I go out and I search for every guest. <laughs> and you and I, it was kind of a freak little thing, and I wanted to share it because I thought it was kind of funny. You know, 
I look for all the guests that I bring onto the show. And sometimes they just come to me in the oddest and strangest ways. So <laughs> one day, Tata Swiss was out shopping, and he posted up a picture of a package of chicken feet. And, you know, it became a joke between him and I about, you know, being the chicken man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I've come to learn and uh, respect him a great deal. You know, as a great reader, a great diviner, you know, a great spiritual worker. You know, so I'm oh, so I glad to have him on. I appreciate that. Yeah, you, you know, I, I I found some chicken feet. I was at a, a grocery store, and um, I ended up not actually buying those chicken feet. I just took the photo with them. Um <laughs> Because that's not, you know, that's not the real traditional way to make the chicken foot talismans is from a grocery store. Right. So I just posted that up as a joke, you know, just having fun. And, yeah, that's how we ended up meeting each other. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it brought great things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have a farmer up in Jupiter. I go get all my chicken's feet from and everything's done ritually with those talismans when I make them from how I gather them to how I create them how I empower them, paint them, the whole nine yards. Um, so just so pe- I just, I'm saying this, I want people to be aware. I don't buy my chicken's feet at the grocery store. No, <laughs> I, I really do not. <laughs> no, I know. I just thought it was a funny joke because, you know, I saw that and I was just like, I know he ain't doing that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then that turned into, you know, it's turned into a great, you know, friendship between you and I, because we chat practically almost daily. Yes. And, uh, there's been, you know, there's been a few times where I've been just kind of like, ah, screw this and screw that. And you've been like, hey, now, perk up, sunshine. <laughs> so it's it's really, you, you've been there a couple of times where I've been really frustrated. And I really appreciate that. You know, that's what I love doing. You know, I'm always there. You know, it's not just the voice behind the radio. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we've developed a good friendship over the uh, times that we've known each other since, you know first getting together on Facebook and just chatting back and forth because most people you friend you never hear from <laughs> yep absolutely so, um, yeah you know and, and on that chicken foot note I almost made my Facebook page ta-ta chicken foot <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought nah you know people would look at that and think what in the heck <laughs> but people would remember it but you know you do oh, yeah. have another great name that people should be aware of, which is Raven's Alley. Yes, absolutely. You, That's my uh, store. Tell us what it is that Raven's Alley is and what you do. Raven's Alley started off as a as a concept. Um, it, it was a, a dream and a concept, and I wanted to take things I had learned over the forty years I've been alive—not the entire forty years, but the. 30 of the 40 years I've been alive, whether it be from my parents to learning from my godparents to learning from other things that I have studied, whether it be, you know, the Golden Dawn or whether it be masonry or the other things that I've been involved in over the years. I wanted to take everything that I had studied and, and come across. And I wanted to put it together in one concept and offer a little bit of everything for everybody. And so I was really racking my head. And I came to the idea one day that I needed to create a store. And through that store, I can offer supplies, whether you're Wiccan, whether you're a traditional witchcraft, whether you're an ancestral worker, whether you're Polero, Centero, whatever you are. Um, 
Buddhist the whole nine yards, but I also wanted to offer services through that, you know, whether it's, it's doing conjure or traditional Irish folk workings or candle work, whatever, you know, people are looking for as long as when I divine on it, the spirits agree. Because if the spirits tell me, no, I will not do work for you. You know, and that's an important piece of information because, you know, as a spiritual worker, which you are, you know, yes. and an oracle reader and diviner, you know, it's right. important that we divine on everything, you know. It's not just, you know, take money and say, oh, yeah, I can do this. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of looking into everything that goes on, everything that's surrounding the person, the situation, the mm. issue, the influences, yep. and also your own spirit saying, nope, you can't, or yes, you can. <laughs> and it's been happening to me a lot lately where my spirits have been saying no, and it's not because they don't want to do the work. It's just simply because they know that there's a deeper rooted issue. And then as I, and I don't like these, well, I'll use the word. You kind of call people out as you're doing the divination and you're like, well, it shows here that, you know, this may be an issue. And then as you talk to the person, you figure out it is an issue. And so then you kind of let that person know, okay, if you want this work to be successful, if you want this work to be able to be done, this may be something that you need to fix with you. You need to fix you first. Right. And Before that's a hard forward. and that's a hard thing for, you know, some diviners to do is to say, "Hey, you might have the problem and you need to resolve yeah. this issue first." Because a lot of people don't want to hear that. They want the quick magical fix. <laughs> yep. Well, and and I guess I guess the word I'll use for myself is I I'm blunt to the point, but I'm not rude about it. But I will tell you that if I'm not able to do the work, I'm not able to do the work. Um, maybe there's somebody else that can do the work for you. You know, I can refer you to my godfather. I can refer you to my, my Yayi, my godmother. I can refer you to other great Poleros and workers that I know that are, you know, part of my Manunzo or that I just know in general that I think might be better for you. Um, because for whatever, you know, for the reasons that I see through the divination that I can't do the work, I will tell you that. I won't just say no and hang up. I'm going to say, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it either. I'm going to be like, look, we can't do this work because you need to do this. This is what you need to fix. Right. You know what and I mean? And that's important, you know, for the people yeah. to understand and to know what they need to work on. Because sometimes yeah. it is steps. You have to go through and peel oh, yeah. the banana, you know, <laughs> peeling through all the layers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and sometimes bananas have layers of onions. <laughs> yes. And, and layers. So. so as a diviner, you know, you work with the, was it the psychic oracle cards? Yes, um, I work with the Psychic Tarot Oracle Cards, and, um, you know, I started off, like many people, with a, um, sorry, I had something fall. I I started off doing, you know, the regular, like, Hyatt weight tarot cards way back in the early 2000s, and, you know, I was like a lot of people when they first start off, they get to the, the traditional tarot and they start working at that, but... I got to a point with that where I felt this just isn't me. I'm not clicking with these cards. So I went through several different types of sets of cards. And uh, finally, about three years ago, I got this set. I opened this set and I did everything like I was supposed to with this set. And I made it my set. You know, I slept with it underneath my pillow for three nights in a row. I kept them with me in my bag when I went to work. 
I, you know, everything, they went everywhere with me. So my energy was always permeating on them. And then when I wasn't working, I was playing with them and I was learning them. And there was something about this deck that just clicked with me. And I've been using this exact same deck for three years. And I have got such a relationship built with this deck that I've had one client, her exact words were, and she even put it on one of the posts on one of my Facebook pages that it is scary accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's important you know, as a diviner and having a deck, you know, whether you read multiple decks or whether you read just one and do it phenomenally, you know, as Charles, as Charles Portafier pointed out last time he was on, you know, if you do one thing really great, you know, it's a really great and wonderful gift to give to people, you know, but you do have to have a very special connection and relationship with whatever oracle or whatever tech of cards or method of divining that you use. Well, not only that, you need to have some sort of relationship with spirit as well. Yes. Or you're not going to you're not going to get the messages. Right. You're because, just going to you know, be reading do. cards and giving for lack of better words a, a basic half-ass reading. Yeah. And I I think I agree with that because you know you can get certain information from books, you know, and all the cards have yep. certain meanings and they have certain combinations of meanings and how they come together right. in your linear line or what's above or below. Yeah. But the real good messages are coming specifically with spirit saying, hey, this set has to do with this particular issue. Yeah. And you can narrow it down and you can pinpoint, you know, it, it, I, it, you know to that point, like, with this deck that I use, it's an Oracle deck and it's, I don't want to say it's extremely intuitive, but it is an intuitive deck. You've, you've got to be able to have a connection with the deck and with spirit when you're doing the reading, because I can draw this one card. Let's say I draw the fulfillment of wishes card. Okay. This fulfillment of wishes card can be the same message for everybody. It could be your wishes are going to be fulfilled. Your wishes are going to be fulfilled, or you can have that connection with your deck. You can have that connection with, spirit and depending on the other cards because i do the five card draw kind of like a horseshoe i put one in the middle and then four across the top in a circle okay the card in the center represents the person and that tells me the main issue in the first card i draw and then i do the other four and then it tells me the whole story so let's say i I pull that fulfillment of wishes i could just tell you oh well all your wishes are going to be fulfilled and give you a really crappy reading or I can look at all those cards, listen to what Spirit's trying to tell me as a message, and know by the feeling I get that I'm right, then tell them, okay, listen, your fulfillment of wishes will happen, but maybe A, B, C, and D have to happen first. Right. So it, you get more of an in-depth reading that way. And that's why I say having a connection with Spirit or your ancestors or whoever you work with, that's why, that's why it's important. Yeah, and it's, for me, it's the foundation of everything. You know, yes. your messages with spirit, connection with your ancestors, your guides, you know, whether mm-hmm. they are specific spirits you're working with and whatever your tradition, you know, those roots and fundamentals need to exist if you're right. going to actually be what I would say is the difference between a diviner and just a reader. Right. As, you know, and some people need just a reader. You know, they need to go for certain things. You know, not everybody needs to have the diviner that can look deeply into certain situations. Um, 
you know, and not everybody is having spiritual work, you know, and that takes a lot yeah. more divining. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, if, if, <laughs> if you're telling me about spiritual work, I'm going to do your initial reading first. I'm going to do in the consultation, I'm going to do your initial reading first. That could be five cards. It could be 10 cards, depending on where it takes me in the reading itself. And then, you know, I'm going to, depending on where that goes, I'm going to go out to my little spiritual house and I'm going to have a conversation with my spirits out there. I'm going to divine on it. You know, I'm going to say, you know, do we do this work? Yes or no. If we're going to do this work, what do we need? And it's based off of what I'm told, what we need and what we need to do. Then that's when we start getting into more of the nitty gritty and more into the deeper aspects of the work. Right. Because it's a, um, there's a lot of work it, involved. It, yeah, it is. That's why, you know, people will call me like, you know, can you do this work? Da, 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 da. So I'll do the initial reading and I'll be like, well, you know what? Let me look into this and I'll call you back. Give me a couple hours. And then within that couple hours, I'm doing a lot of other divination techniques. I'm using the chumalongos. I'm, you know, the coconut shells. I am talking to the spirit in my spiritual shed or my spiritual house. I'm talking to my ancestors. I'm talking to my spiritual guides. I'm, you know, I'm asking them, you know, be able to do this work. If we do this work, what do you want for this work to work? You know, what do I got to do? What I got to offer you? What are the products and supplies I need? Because it's not until I do all that. You know, not every single job is going to take the exact same thing. Right. And I can't give everybody the same price because it really depends on what I'm shown needs to be done. Right. You know, because there's always what needs to be done, what's involved, you know, what items you need for the particular work, you know. So it all does, it boils down to, you know, what it's going to cost you in time and material. Energy, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, as a diviner, you know, what would you suggest for new people, you know, that are looking to get into the div- yeah, divination, if I can talk correctly today, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, people that may be doing spiritual work in reference to how to lift them up and help them obtain better information? If you're going to, if you want to start becoming a diviner, start... My, my suggestion, because this is what I did, is start easy. Start, don't think you have to buy the most complicated deck out there. And don't think that you have to start with that most complicated deck to learn. Because that alone in itself may deter you because it may be very frustrating. Especially if the deck is something that's complicated and you don't understand. You have a hard time learning. Go with what feels right. Some people start with the pendulum. Yes, no. You know, um, using the pendulum to find lost things, you, you know, stuff like that. A lot of people start that way. A lot of people start with the cowrie shells doing obi. A lot of people start with, I mean, the bone sets. I mean, I know a couple of readers that don't do cards at all. They basically only do bones. So it really depends on what calls to you and what feels right. And when you get something that feels right that calls to you and you start learning it quickly, then you're on the right track. My suggestion is if it's extremely difficult and getting frustrated, set that deck aside or whatever that tool is and find what works. And, you know, and I agree with that. And I have to say, you know, we do sometimes have to recognize our own limits. Absolutely. And sometimes step back. Like, you know, I purchased um, 
Robert Lucas's ancestor healing bone kit, you know, several years yep. ago. And I got frustrated because it was way too much information all at once, colors, medicines, and it was just like, you know what, I need to kick myself back and I need to start from a basic, let me learn how to actually read bones without all the additional you know, that goes around it, you know, right. which makes it easier for me. And that's one of the things that we have to understand is, you know, our limits will deter how quickly and how fast we actually will progress. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then my other suggestion is, is if you're going to do spiritual work, if you're going to get into start doing workings for people, whether it's doing conjure or root work, um, whether it's doing ancestral work or necromancy working with the dead or whether it's going to be Orisha or one of the initiatory paths that use their own spirits, you know, learn that house's way of divination as well, because it's important because if you're going to be working with in that house or your Menunzo or, you know, whatever they want to call it for that tradition, learn that because it's going to be very important because you're working with those spirits and that's how you're going to communicate with those spirits is through that divination. Right. And it's a and constant everyday thing. <laughs> what's that? It's a constant everyday thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, um, and when you get to the work, you know, when you're doing work, it's also important to do divination during the work. Because you may discover during the work something needs to change, something needs to be added, something needs to be taken away. Um, you know, there may have to be something that completely switches up the entire working altogether right in the middle of it. And the only way you're going to do that, know that, is by doing divination on the work frequently while you're doing it. Um, a, a common mistake I see and hear from a lot of people is, oh, I did this work and it didn't work. I'm like, okay, well, what did you do and what were you trying to do? So they tell me, and I'm like, okay, but did you divine through the work? Well, what do you mean divine through the work? Just what I said, did you divine through the work? You know, did you divine through the work and ask does this need to change? Are we still on track? You know, is there anything that needs to be added, taken away, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's questions you need to ask during the work because there has been times when I was doing work where I've had to change a few things. If I didn't change those few things, it's likely that it wouldn't have worked out. Right. Because, you know, everything is the energy of all the things and items and herbs yes. and roots that we put into work. And yes. People change on a regular and constant basis, as do their situations and their issues. Sometimes they get worse, sometimes they get better. And mm -hmm. only through divining, as you are progressing through, can you make sure you're hitting all the spots that you need. Because sometimes spirit will just sit there and tell you, it's like, nope, okay, that's not going to work. Yeah. Change course. <laughs> I had a, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a, a job. I was doing for a lady and it was just a simple she was already with the guy they're already you know in a pretty serious relationship and she just kind of wanted things to be a little sweeter so I was sweetening things up for her and without saying too much without giving away who it is and the type of work I was doing partial way through the work I was told stop just stop stop the work don't go any further stop dead in your tracks do not take another don't pass go don't collect the 200 bucks don't do nothing so I called the lady and I said, well, what happened? She said, well, what do you mean? I said, I was told to stop doing the work. She said, I didn't tell you that. I said, no, 
You didn't tell me that, but the spirits did through divination. Well, without the work even being fully completed, she got what she wanted. It happened before the working was even done. So spirit was telling me basically to stop wasting my energy and my time. And it was so early on in the work that I don't necessarily think it was me. I think it was just the universe. It was just meant to be, and it was the timing. And, you know, and it's important that we recognize that. You know, I had a similar incident, you know, when I used to work in the Botanicus, and I had a woman who had her heart set on this one particular man. You know, she loved this man for years. She wanted to marry this man, have some kids, and, you know, it was constant, doing work, doing, doing work lighting candles, she was doing this, she was doing that, and, you know, even, you know, having me do work, and there was somebody working against, you know, wanting them to be together, you know, and I sat down, I told her, I said, look, I said, you need to just stop, you know, don't do anything else, you know, give it to God, put it in God's hands, let spirit handle everything, and, you know, it took a couple of years, but, you know, I actually, uh, two years ago, went to their wedding, Wow. <clears throat> Last year, she messaged me on Facebook that she was uh, with child. You know, oh, so you everything. And if we had continued, you know, after hearing the message from Spirit, you know, we could have thrown a wrench into the whole plan. Right. You know, so it's important that we listen to, you know, Spirit whenever they give us message. No, you this is why it's important to divine through the work as you're doing it. Yeah. You know, and now you do readings, is it specifically for spiritual work, or do you just regular readings as well? I, I do both. I do, you know, if someone contacts me for the for a consultation to do spiritual work, I do the reading for that. And then I do readings as well. I do them in 30-minute increments or 60-minute increments, depending on, you know, how in detail and depth of a reading you think you need. Um and you know you can contact me and you can schedule that and, and or you can even schedule it on my web my website which is ravensalley.net and um you know it's on there you just click on it oracle readings and it gives you the slot the slot specification specification times of 30 minutes or 60 minutes because you know i wanted to make sure that people understood that it wasn't just divining Specifically, just for spiritual work. Oh yeah, she no. did offer other. I, I spent, I spent, I spent some time today out and about, and I ended up down south, uh, down by Oakland Park. I met with a customer that had bought some stuff with me. I, I hand delivered some product to her, and then I, because it was on my way, and I figured, you know, why not? It's on the way. It's a great way to meet a, a customer that could turn into a client someday. You never know. Um, and then. I went over to um, an event where I was actually invited to where I sat down today and the lady was hosting a housewarming party for a new house that they had bought. And I had done some work for the lady some months back and we had a really good turnout on the work I did for her. So she invited me to the party as a guest reader. And basically for the 12 or 15 people that were there, if they wanted the reading, they just paid they paid her the money, she gave it to me, and she gave me the names of the people that won the readings, and I sat there this afternoon and did readings. And none of them was, was about spiritual work, it was just basic general readings for, you know, 30 minutes each. And it's important that people know that that's, you know, one of the things that you offer, because, you know, I don't want them to think that it's all just, you know, spiritual work, or you have to have something done, you know, because you oh, are yeah, a, no, a divine. I offer... 
an array and variety of of things. I offer talismans, amulets, charms, grigri bags. Um, I, I make all my own oils and my powders. If I make a lot of specialized, specific protection charms and amulets for people, um, you know, based off of what their need is. So I do a lot of custom stuff like that as well with the Grigory bags. Um, I make custom oils. I make custom powders. They don't have to be the everyday traditional hoodoo, you know, hot foot powder or goofer's dust. You know, I make, you know, specific specialized powders and oils for people as well. Yeah, and those can be for pretty much any reason, whether it's hot foot, whether it's bringing in love, whether it's money oh, yeah. and finance, open up the road. I hear mm-hmm. you make some wonderful baths. Uh, yes, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I make um, I make a, a handful of baths, whether it be for you know lovers' attraction, or it be crown of success, or it be the you know Aubrey Camino road opener. I have, in fact, I even put kits together that have very detailed instructions for for the baths and kits as actual ritual sets for so example i have a road opener kit it includes the candle the oil the powder and the herbs and the bath itself all together in the package and it comes with detailed information step by step what you need to do to do the actual ritual it can you know the ritual can be done in an afternoon and your preferred method of divining is mostly cards, right? I mean, I know you do other divination while you're doing work. Yeah, my my, my preferred, the main div, way of divination I, I use right now are the cards. I'm, um, I do use the Chumalongos, but I'm not offering the Pablo readings of the Chumalongos yet because I'm still learning them. Mm-hmm. My godfather has given me very direct, strict... Um, direction to make sure I know the Chumalongos and know the meanings of the landings of the of the shells before I offer them as a reading and before I offer them as a polo reading. Right. So but I do use them for myself and through divination for the yes no's and, and what they mean. I also from time to time use the pendulum if the pendulum's needed for yes or no or for locating things or for other specific reasons of workings too. <coughs> now as a card reader, you know, you mentioned earlier, and I think it's important just to come back to this, that okay. you spend a lot of time when you first got your deck, you know, carrying yes. it around with you, sleeping with it, playing with it. You know, it's, it's important, you know, because that's how we develop the relationship that we have with the cards and imbue yeah. it with our own energies and have it around our spirits on a regular and a constant basis. Right. Uh, and and, and the, the idea behind that is you're, you're giving your energy to the cards and you're assimilating, if you will, you're assimilating the cards to, to you. It's, you're getting the cards used to you and your energy and you're basically making them yours. Um, you know, so like I got the cards and for the first three days I had them, they never left my side unless I was in the shower. Um, you know, they were under my pillow or they were in my bag right next to me at my desk or they were sitting on my desk right by my hand as I was working on the computer. And when I had a free minute, I started flipping through them and then reading the book. And then I meditated with them every day as well. That, that, that's a big one that actually worked for me 
I'm just going to throw that out there because every, the way everyone connects with their cards is different. But for me, it was through my meditations. Um, through my meditations, it was really interesting because I felt more connected to my cards. I think and meditation it, is it important. Was, Every day I would pull, and I, I don't mean meditating with the entire deck in my hand. I mean taking a card at a time. Yes. No, I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah. I, I took a card at a time, and I meditated on that card for, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And I was asking Spirit to, you know, give me the definition of what this means to me. And then the more I did that, the more comfortable I got with the cards. And then I, then I started thumbing through the book. I did all that before I even looked at the book. Um, then I started thumbing through the book and seeing which cards represented major arcana and which ones weren't. And what similarities to regular tarot some of the cards would have versus what they don't. And it, it was a process. I mean, I did not read with this deck professionally to anybody probably for almost three to four months. At least. Maybe even longer. It might have actually been five months. Before I felt comfortable enough, because I would just read myself with the cards, and until I felt comfortable enough with the cards to actually start offering them to people. Right, and I think it's important, you know, that you brought up, you know, meditating on each individual card, because, you know, it goes back to, and I don't know how many people still do this, when I first learned how to read cards, I was told, you got to sit with each one. One a day, every day, doesn't matter how long it takes you, you've got to connect with mm -hmm. it, you've got to meditate, see what it makes you feel, see, sense, you know, awaken everything specifically on one card. Right. And I really don't ever read books. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and this is a 65-card deck, so for 65 days alone, I was med meditating on a card a day for 65 days. Right. But, it, you know, it really opens you up. You know, it, it connects that intuitive part of you with that particular card, and it seals in the meaning that card has for you in particular. Right. You know, now, yeah, I've read right. books on divination and books on tarot and books on what the meanings of this are and the meanings of that card. And I don't follow any of the books because, you know, for me, 90% of what I do is intuitive. Oh. Right. Well, you, you can read a book all you want, but reading a book and having the hands-on experience of actually doing it are two different things. You know, and looking at, you know, the cards and how they move you, you know, that movement is spirit. That movement is saying, hey, don't pay attention to, you know, traditional meaning because what spirit is saying, this is what it has to do with. And... Right. We have to work through finding that particular, I'll call it a path mm -hmm. of learning, you know, for those particular cards. Yeah. But yeah, I want absolutely. to make sure and that we do take a moment and have a little break, because, you know, okay. I always forget halfway through to uh, <laughs> do a break. <laughs> so we'll take a little break for about uh, two and a half minutes. We'll be back shortly with Tata Swift. All right. Cita negra que estás 
Swift. Hello, hello. Yeah, so I want to give a shout out to a few people in our chat room. We've got okay. Adriana Roman, Charles Porterfield, Professor Ade, William, I'm sorry, Wilma Burm, yeah, Burnham. I'm having a hard time pronouncing names today. Um, as well as to make mention of the upcoming event in April, the Big Apple Conjure Gala down in downtown Brooklyn, New York, April 14th and 15th. You can find out information at BigAppleConjureGala2018.com. They're going to have some phenomenal people doing presentations down there, and it's not something you want to miss. Also, you know, I know, I know that Candelo's kind of on a little hiatus at the moment, but I know he's got his own show, Candelo's Corner, as well as it's 12 o'clock somewhere with Ancestor Healing's Robert Lucas, also on Spreaker. So let's get back to, you know, the divination itself. What do you tend to see most people on a non-spiritual reading type, you know, not a working reading? What's the most type of questions client tend to come to you for love and money they always want to know where their money is and who's cheating on them yep Those <laughs> are the, 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 the non the non-working readings are about usually love life and usually um, about jobs and future you know what direction is their job going or what can they do in their job to make their job better etc cetera, etc cetera. Or what they may be missing sometimes in reference yep. to how come I didn't get the promotion or didn't get the job. Yep. You Because know, oh, as yeah. diviners, you know, and I think a lot of people need to understand that when you divine, it's not simply ever a yes or no. You know, which no. is why I don't like yes or no questions. I like the nitty gritty. I want to know. I'm like the sleuth. You know, yeah. <laughs> what's going on? You know, who's involved? You know, where's it going? Why is it going this way? How come it's not going this way? What's standing in the way? Because as a diviner, I think the way we word a particular question 
to our deck and our spirits dictates what we're going to get as an answer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's definitely, you know, when you're praying over the cards or however you wake your cards up and, and use them, um, you know, there's definitely a, a way you talk to your cards and a way that you ask the questions in your mind when you are drawing them. And I think people, you know, especially new diviners need to learn and understand that it is your right as a diviner, and you should be doing this on a regular basis, to rephrase every question that a client gives to you so that you have a clear, well-thought-out question that you can get the most amount of information from. Yeah. When someone asks me, you know, I'll have someone, you know, depending on the person, if I'm sitting in front of them, oftentimes I'll have them shuffle the deck and concentrating on their question as they shuffle the deck. I get the deck back, I do a quick shuffle, and then I ask them, you know, I'll ask them very deep, you know, to be very detailed in what exactly they're looking for. So I know what to ask the cards. Even though they've put their energy and their thought into the cards, it helps me also speak with the spirit and with the cards and with being able to open the cards up before I even start drawing them. Now, you know, there is this thing, and you brought it up a minute ago, and I have to ask because I see it asked a lot in reference to whether to let a client touch your cards or whether to let them cut or shuffle, you know, and you actually allow your clients to shuffle your deck. Sometimes, sometimes. (laughs) um, It really depends on the feeling I have at the moment. If spirit tells me to let them touch the card, I hand them the cards. If they don't, I don't. Um, and, you know, if, if I'm doing a reading over the phone, obviously you're not going to touch the cards. So, <laughs> Right. <clears throat> and I think, you but, know, people all have to understand it's all a personal preference. Like myself personally, I don't let anybody touch my cards. They don't shuffle. They don't cut. I handle everything because their energy is with me while I'm doing the reading. Right, and I'm going to probably say on a scale of 1 to 10, it's probably only about 2 or 3 out of 10 that I hand my cards over to someone else to touch. Now, do you cleanse your deck, or do you not cleanse? Um, if I've got someone that's got some real nasty junk on them, <laughs> I, will, I will cleanse the deck. But oftentimes, I don't cleanse I, because you want that energy to build up. You want that energy to be, you know, you want your energy to be with your cards. If I do, if I do cleanse, it's going to be like a real quick sprinkle of something like, you know, just a very little bit of floor water or something on, but not a lot. And I think, you know, it was brought up when I was talking to your godfather, Candela, uh, that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's important that we let those energies mingle and mix and. You know, mm-hmm. build because it's like a living person. You know, we all go through crap. We all have yes. ups and downs. We all have positive, negative energies. And I think the cards speak better when they have all that energy from everything you've done, every person that yeah. you've read for. Yeah. Still you know, I, I walked into someone's house here about a month ago. She contacted me and she was having some issues. You know, she thought there was some really 
bad dark energy in the house. She just got the house and she's getting ready to move in, but it just made her feel really uncomfortable and all this other stuff. So I walked in. So I went over to her house and I walked in and there was some negative energy in the house, but there was more negative energy coming off of that person than there was the house. And, you know, spirit told me to let this person touch my cards. And I did. I let this individual touch my cards. Now that evening when I got home, I cleansed myself. I took a, a cleansing and a protection bath and a road opener bath after I got home. I did all three that night. <laughs> and then I took my cards and I did take a little handful, a small, small, small little bit in the palm of my hand. Now my small bit's going to be like a lot of somebody's because I've got really big hands. But I put just a little bit in my hand and I rubbed it into my hands and then I just, I rubbed my cards down with that little bit of Florida water, but not a lot. I think it's important, you know, it's building up that relationship just like a regular person does as they grow through life. They become stronger. They become more connected to everything. Yeah. Now, you do a lot of different forms of magic. I mean, ceremonial magic. You do root work, Celtic. You do your master mason, you know. Yes, (laughs) How do you combine, or do you not combine? I mean, that's an important question. Nope, I do not combine and cross. Um, And the reason for that is is because I believe each tradition has its own link. That's my personal preference. That is my personal belief. I'm not telling everybody that's what they got to do. I'm saying Tata Swift's personal belief is each practice has its own link. And I keep those things in those lanes. Um, now there's the matter of which style or system I'm going to use when I do work. Well, I, I learned that through divination. And I think it's important that, you know, I'm with the same belief that you are, you know, I practice and follow multiple traditions and I don't mix one with the other. Mm. And I think perhaps I think the, the biggest one that I use on a regular basis, I would consider to be just the Espiritismo style. You know, I work specifically for a lot, mostly with just my ancestors. They do everything with me, for me. They guide me. They help me with my cards. Yeah. You know, and there's people out there that, that mix things up and, and use traditions together, and that's them. That's their preference, and that's fine if that's what they want to do. Do I agree with it? You know, it doesn't matter if I agree with it because I have my own style, my own way of doing things. Um, and... But I strongly believe everything has its own lane. You know, when I'm doing divination, I'm looking at something, it's going to help determine, am I going to do Paulo? Am I going to do ancestral work and do traditional Celtic stuff with my ancestors and the dead? Uh, Am I going to go full-on ceremonial magic and take three days to do a working like I could do in another (laughs) style in a day type thing? Am I going to, you know, do I need to use a little bit of Buddhism and a little bit of the Tantra and Ohms to be able to get myself on that that right plane of vibration to do the work? You know, this is all stuff that I look at before I do work. And it helps me determine what needs to be done and what style or, you know, which way I'm going to, uh, I'm going to use. And your cards, you can use for pretty much any tradition. That part makes yes. no bit of difference because you're yeah, still no. acting as a diviner. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and you know, and now I will say this is you know I've 
you know, with Paulo, I use the Chumalongos when I'm working with those spirits and as an Aberisha now because I've become an Aberisha because I'm supposed to be crowned an Ocha. Um, Congratulations. <clears throat> hmm? Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I have a completely different set of Chumalongos I use for as an Aberisha. If I, so if I go to Eliwega and I'm going to divine with Eliwega, I use a completely different set of Chumalongos than I do with the spirits I use with Paulo. Right. Because well, they are two completely different systems. Right. And you can't mix, and you have to have specific sets that are theirs and that spirits. You know, you can't take something from one and say, okay, let me just borrow and come over here. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, because, you know, you can you can work with Eliwega and you can work with Lucero, but you may not necessarily want to try working with both of them at the same time. <laughs> you know. So, so what kind of so, tips or tricks would you recommend or give to new readers or anybody that's looking to lift up their divination a little bit, you know, aside from what we've talked about, you know, do you feel there's any kind of shortcuts or any type of tri- uh, tricks to get past or through, you know, to the next level? No, no, and no. <laughs> right to the point, no. <laughs> um, do the time. Do it the right way. Do the time. Don't take the shortcuts. Learn. Take the knocks. Learn from the knocks. Learn from the mistakes, because that's really the only way you're going to really learn and excel and elevate to the next level. And be patient. That my, my, here, here's my, my biggest piece of advice. Patience. Have them. Learn them. Because the more patient you are with divination, whether it's with a pendulum, whether it's with cards, chimalongos, oba, obis and obi shells, you know, whichever way you're going to go with your divination, patience, patience, and patience. I know a lot of people have a hard time being patient. They having the patience. They want the answers right now. They want to do it like right away. Well, you're going to be hurting yourself longer in the long run not being patient. Because the more patient you are, and the more you learn from your spirits and from your tool of divination, the more accurate and better reader you're going to be. And I will agree with that. You know, you do have to take your time. I mean, I'm going to be 19. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only going to be 20. <laughs> I've been I've been reading since I was 18. And, you know, I've been doing readings for like 30 years you know, whether it's in botanicas, whether it's in little spiritual shops, in person, over the phone or Skype. And it takes a long time, you know. Yeah. And I do get frustrated. You know, I've gone through throwing my hands up in the air, never throw my cards, but I have thrown my hands up and <laughs> walked away from a particular deck or a particular system. Because for me, you know, it's not just taking my time. It's realizing that I can't let my ego get in the way and say, as fast as I want this to come and as fast as I want to learn it or as good as I might be with another system, I still have to take a step back and I still have to do all the work for every system. (laughs) For those people that want shortcuts for those people that think the shortcuts are going to help 
that they think it's going to get them somewhere faster. You're actually, when I, when I, I'm going to back up to the previous comment I make, you're only harming yourself. What, here's exactly what I mean by that. You're going to try and rush through it. You're going to try and take shortcuts. You're going to go out there and then you're going to make mistakes. And those mistakes you have to learn from. But not only are you going to make those mistakes, but you're going to make those mistakes for a client. And then that's going to give, I don't want to have, I don't want to have to say reputation is everything, but reputation is something when it comes to doing this. Yes. Word of mouth and reputation really is. And the last thing you want to do is put yourself out there as a reader and then make a ton of huge mistakes and then you're not going to have any clients come to you for readings. Or if you do, it's going to take some time to get clients to come back to you. So this is what I mean by you're hurting yourself in the long run. Be patient and take your time. Learn it, learn it, learn it. Yeah, you have to take that time. You know, you have to put in the effort. It's like any job. You know, it's like any skill you have to learn. Don't be in a hurry. You know, don't think going out and buying a a deck of cards, thumbing through the book, that you can put a shingle out and say, hey, you know, I'm the new reader in town. Because you'll be in for a lot of disappointment, unfortunately, you know. And then that's the setback. That's what's really going to set you back in the long run. Right. And if you think you're ready to take that step to hang out a shingle, sit and think about it. If you think you're just ready, hold off a, you know, a bit longer, you know, until you know. Or do like I did. Practice for free on your family and friends. Now, when I say family, I know, I know there's a taboo out there about reading family because it's kind of like cheating because you already know all the dirt. You already know everything. Well, maybe with your family. And, but your friends, maybe not even close friends. But, you know, when I first started reading and when I started using divination tools, before I ever even put myself out there on the street as being a reader, I practiced on me, I practiced on friends, and I practiced on family. And only until I was becoming very accurate and very right and being able to answer questions and then tell people things that I didn't know through that reading of practicing on them, only then did I start thinking maybe I might be ready to actually go out on the street and put myself out there. And I did the learning the same way. You know, I started with myself, my family, my friends. Even when I got to the point of doing readings for others, I still at that point was not charging. Yeah. I was doing, you know, little guest spots, showing up at a store, doing readings just to get, you know, more seasoned, you know. Yeah. It's not just about the reading itself, it's about the delivery, it's about how the messages come across, how the cards speak together and how you can work directly with your client, you know, to provide the information. Not always just the accurate part of what's happening, what's going to, but how you're giving them any particular message. You know, I think that all takes time to develop. And most importantly is realizing when the message is coming from spirit. When it's not just subconscious, but when the actual message is coming from spirit. You know, some people get the chills and goosebumps. Some people... (laughs) I call it the freaky bursts. Yeah, uh, they they get that that feeling like someone does a cold chill down their back. They get that weird feeling in their gut. However, it comes to you, you need to learn and realize what your indica- what your indicators are that it's spirit speaking to you. Right, because you know everybody is different. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I goosebump up. Like, when Spirit's talking to me, you're sitting with me, you're going to know that Spirit's giving me a message because my arms will turn white and I get goosebumps almost as big as freaking boils. I mean, they're huge. <laughs> I kind of shake. I get the little, sometimes it feels like I'm getting bopped on the head and I get numbness. Um, but, you know, I'm also a medium, too, so sometimes they get very specific. Um, right. Last week when I had my student here that I was teaching how to read cards, his grandmother came through. Now, I'm just teaching class, and I'm sitting there going, man, why am I hearing this sound? It's so annoying. I said, it sounds like somebody's, like, smacking their lips or chewing on a piece of bubble gum. And <laughs> he sits there, and he thinks for a minute, and he goes, is it more like... I said, yep, that's the sound. It just won't stop. And he goes, that's how my grandmother got everybody's attention when she was actually alive, is she made those particular sounds. And he goes, yeah, it was quite annoying. But knowing, you know, all the little idiosyncrasies, the things that are outside your norm of your own spiritual being, you know, you have to be in tune. You know, meditation helps with that. You know, sitting with yourself helps with that. You know, yeah. before we end, um, I know you have ravensalley.net. Um, are there mm-hmm. other ways that people can contact you? Should they be looking for any kind of a reading or spiritual work or consultation? Yeah. You know, they can they can message me on Facebook on um, my spiritual site, which is Tata Swift. You can find Ravens Alley's Facebook page. Uh, you can call me um, at 561-629-2475. That's my cell phone. Um, and you can also email me at ravensalley at ravensalley.net or ravensalley at gmail.com. And as you know, we, you can always find all of our wonderful guests also on the Divination Tables radio show uh, website, which is thedivinationtable.com. There's a special link on the top that says Contact a Reader. It'll have a list of all of our readers, their information as well as their contact info. I try to add those within 24 hours of every show. Um, Again, just to remind people about the Big Apple Contra Gala 2018 coming up the April, yeah. April the 14th and 15th in downtown Brooklyn, New York. Um, And I just also want to throw out there, if I may, I will be at the Big Apple Ponder Gala with my my godparents. They will be there with some of the presenters are, you know, my god siblings. And I will be there as a vendor selling a lot of my items, my curios, my oils and powders, my charms, talismans, oils, all that stuff. I'll have a booth there and I will be be set up as well. I'm glad to hear that. I kind of knew you were going to be there because I don't think you would miss it for the world. <laughs> no, 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 no. It gave me the, the chance to come to Brooklyn and you know hang out with you know amazing people like Charles Porterfield and Kendo Kibisa and Robert Lucas and Amberzine McGare and uh, Layla Marino and I mean Michelle. all these amazing people. Beverly Smith, all these amazing people are going to be presenting. Yeah. It's gonna. I, I so wish I could be there. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to attend. Um, I oh, am man. looking forward possibly to the <laughs> next one coming up, which is um, Mile High. The Mile High Conjure Gala. You know. So it's all you know. Yeah, I'll probably. I'll probably be there. Too. 
<laughs> so before we end tonight, um, would you like to say our final goodbyes to our wonderful audience that's listening? Absolutely. May your ancestors and spirits ever guide you, protect you, and lead you. And may you pay attention to what they give you right in front of you. And may you have a blessed and beautiful, wonderful night. Have a wonderful evening and thank you for joining us here on the Divination Table with Tata Swift. Saludazo, María de la Luz. Saludazo, María de la Luz. Yo llamo a Chango.